Hi, I'm Maria Theohara Solvelo Sos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Soul Organized Style Podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Stacey Taylor of The Crooked Hem has given us some great videos on her YouTube channel about how to follow the five steps of the top-down centre-out method. And she's today's Sober 50 podcast guest. How are you, Stacey? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really pleased that you could give us your time because you've put so much effort into developing these videos about the top-down centre-out method. You must be so flat out. (laughs) I've realised that it has taken me almost two months to put them all together, which was not my intention when I started. I thought this would be, oh, this will take me a couple of weeks and I'll be done. But I really went deep into all of the different aspects of the method with this intro series. So it took me a little bit longer than I thought, but it's been fun. The great part about what you've done, though, is, you know, Ruth has come up with this method and she's now refined it so that it's five steps that people follow. But you've gone to the trouble of making sure that we've got these videos, which are invaluable resource for people who are trying to get their head around, okay, I used to do it this way. I think I need to now try it another way so I can get a better result with pants fitting. I wanted to provide a free resource to the community. I was really inspired by everything that Ruth has shared. And of course, she shared it all for free as well. So I wanted to basically provide a companion resource for people who wanted to see a visual or like a live demonstration of everything that's on her Instagram. So I'm really excited that it came together so well. Yeah. Oh, look, you've done an excellent job. Thank you. And just so listeners know, I've started going through the videos and I'm determined to give this a try because I now have a better understanding about the levers of what you need to look at when it comes to pants fitting not what you used to look at but now it's a different way of looking at it and it's from an engineering point of view yeah that was what struck me at first about this method as well is that it was such a different perspective on fitting and you know i'm someone who has spent many years studying all of the popular fitting books and all the fitting advice online and watching all the youtube videos and it all kind of boils down to the same approach, which is you have to redraft the pattern and you have to look at drag lines and really kind of use that as your guide for when you're fitting. But Ruth's approach, top down, center out, really says there's another way. There's this other path forward. And that to me was such a fresh take on fitting that I knew I had to try it. I had to really experience what that other path towards a successful fit was like. For me, it was a really transformative experience. It really changed the way I think about my body and fitting and sewing. And that's always really cool when that happens. Oh, it is. And you're right. This particular method, like with all methods, it's not about what your shape is, but it's making the fabric and the pattern fit you. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's that focus on the design 
that I really thought was kind of unique in the world of fitting advice that's out there. We haven't really been talking a lot about the design in the home sewing community and the importance of the design. And to me, that was something that really struck a chord with me about the Top Down Sunder Out method is, you know, I'm choosing this pattern because I like the design. So why not try to preserve it and really explore the relationship between that design and my body as I'm fitting and and have it work with me instead of against me, you know? So it, it really just made a lot of sense once I tried it. Stacey, let's talk about you now that we've talked a bit about the, the method. Sure. For listeners who don't follow you, where can they find you online? I'm at The Crooked Hem on Instagram. And I'm also at The Crooked Hem on YouTube. And I have a sewing blog at thecrookedhem.net. I'm so glad you had the same name for all of your platforms. <laughs> Makes it easy. And sometimes it can be a bit tricky trying to get them all at the same time too. There is someone on Instagram who is just at Crooked Hem. I missed out on the domain name of thecrookedhem.com. That's why I'm .net. So if you're looking for the sewing blog, it's thecrookedhem.net. Thecrookedhem.com is a store in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. <laughs> totally different. And what's your sewing background? I grew up with a mother who was always crafting. Every weekend, the sewing machine would be out on the dining room table and she'd be making something quilts or a home deck project or she made stuffed animals for me. She made all of my clothing. So I think my sewing origins really start on a subconscious level when I was really small. It was just something that was always around in the household. And then when I was 10... My mom sent me to a sewing summer camp, which opened the whole wide world of patterns and fabric shopping and just the magic of what sewing can be. And as a teenager, I sewed all throughout high school. I wore a lot of the things that I had made, a lot of the things that I had altered, I found in thrift shops. And as a teen, I really had no patience for things like ironing or fitting or techniques. I really just sort of dove headfirst into my vision for whatever garment I wanted to create. And then I just kind of sewed wherever it seemed like I should sew. And I eventually ended up with something I could wear most of the time. And I put my sewing machine away around college. And then you know, I went to graduate school and Life gets busy and I fell away from the hobby for many years, but I came back to it in my 30s as an adult. I would like to think with some more maturity and I had more patience at that time. And so I really wanted to learn more about technique and about fitting and alterations. And so I spent a lot of my sewing time as an adult learning about kind of the more technical aspects of sewing and trying to get better at those skills. And then, you know, recently, I think it's been kind of a mix of sewing to learn about fitting and to improve my skills and learn about new techniques. But it's also been a, a real creative outlet for me that I haven't had really as an adult very much. It's fun to play with colors and fabrics and different silhouettes and things like that. It's been just a really fun hobby to get back into as an adult. You know, when you're a teen and you're growing up in the main, you don't have to do as many fitting changes to patterns because you've got a developing body. Whereas as an, a mature adult, there are more changes you've got to do because you've developed. 
So it's kind of nature. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I've been thinking about recently, and this was actually something I talked to Ruth Collins about the other day, was that, you know, my mom and her mother, who also sewed, they didn't do a lot of fitting alterations. This wasn't part of their sewing practice. And when I came back to sewing as an adult, and I kind of discovered this wide world of fitting advice on Instagram and YouTube and all these books, I kind of thought, wow, this is something that I just completely missed or didn't care about or didn't notice as a kid. But I think it was also the way that I was taught. You know, I was taught by someone who fitting for my mom wasn't really the focus. She would sometimes, you know, tweak the length or the circumference of something, but she wasn't doing all of these different body part adjustments. Hmm. It's an interesting question of why, you know, is it just because she had a body type that fit into a lot of patterns? Maybe, maybe not. I think it also is that she learned how to sew in the 50s and 60s when, you know, the idea of taking a photo of your backside in a pair of pants and sharing it with all of your friends and then discussing all of the drag lines would never have occurred to her. That would have absurd. So with social media and all these great resources we have online now, I think fitting and maybe even construction details and techniques has become more of an interest for people and more of a focus. I think that's one way you could interpret it. So I think it's interesting to think about, you know, how sewing as a hobby is evolving over the decades. And as new generations come to it, we're bringing different things and we're taking different things from it too. So you're right, in the 50s and 60s, you probably wouldn't have talked about fit. Yeah, maybe not to the same extent as you would now. I think the garments are also a little bit different in the 50s, right? Trousers were designed a little differently. The shapes and styles were looser. You know, we didn't have stretched fabrics back then as much as we do now. So I think there's a lot of factors that go into it, but it's really interesting to think about how we've evolved to think about what's important to us and how we relate to this hobby of ours. Yeah, good points. Okay, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. You've now published 10 videos about the top-down center-out method. That's a lot of work. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's been a lot of fun, though. I will say it's it's sometimes felt like I'm learning something new every time I make a video, which can be frustrating, but it ultimately, I think, has been a really valuable experience for me. I'm a science communicator and a teacher, you know, in my day job. So I really enjoy communicating complex ideas in ways that are hopefully not as complex to understand. And I just really like talking about sewing. <laughs> So it's been super fun. Yeah. So you've done 10 videos, you've had a lot of views and you've had quite a few comments. Are there any that stand out that you'd like to talk about? You know, I think the method itself for a lot of people is fairly straightforward once you try it and you walk through the steps, there's a fairly defined workflow. I think what's challenging for anybody is understanding how this pattern that you chose relates to your unique 3D body. Mm. It's tempting to think, oh, this method is going to solve all my problems and I'm never going to have to worry about fit ever again, or I'm never going to be frustrated with a particular pattern ever again. It's still a fitting method. There's still a skill here. And so there is still a lot of work sometimes that you will need to do to really understand, well, how does this design relate to my body? And and what do I need to change in order to make this design fit in the way that works for me? So something that has stood out 
out for me as I use the method and I see as I see others use the method. Some patterns will be very straightforward to fit and you can fit them in 15 minutes, but others, you know, even for people who are experienced with the method can take some time to unravel and take some experimentation and some tinkering. And I think what I try to remind myself is that, that I'm really the best person to solve this problem just through trying different things and tweaking things and maybe putting the twall down and coming back to it in 10 minutes in a day that helps sometimes. And for me, that work is part of what's so enjoyable about the method is that I've put in this work and I've come out on the other end, hopefully with a pair of pants that fits well, but I usually also come to understand something about this particular design or maybe this dart placement or something about this relationship between my body and this pattern that gets unlocked during that process. So I would encourage people if they get to a fitting issue with top down center out to keep going and keep pushing through that because sometimes this work of untangling these fitting challenges can really pay off in the end and feel rewarding. And I think the fact that you're taking time to try a design and make the adjustments so that it actually suits your body is worth taking because at the end of the day, you want to feel comfortable in the clothes that you've made and the changes that you are able to do on the one-legged twirl with mm-hmm. the waistband is worth doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I like about this method is that it really helps you get there. For me, it helps me separate the question of, does this twirl fit me? Does this design fit me? And do I like this design? Because to me, those weren't always separate questions. Mm. So I find that this method really helps me think about the design and think about how the design works on my body. And then do I like that? Do I want that? Do I want to keep going with this particular pattern? It's been a really helpful approach for me. It doesn't lead to me getting stuck feeling like, well, I couldn't get it to fit me. So I don't know if this design works or I couldn't get it to fit just right. So I can never wear this type of design. I'm not stuck on those roadblocks with top-down center out like I was with other methods. For people who live in urban areas, we've got the opportunity to go to a store and try a style and then decide if it's going to work on us and then we can go home and make it. If you live in a rural or a remote area, you don't have that opportunity. So using a method like this allows you to have that time to try a pattern, the top-down center out method, and then figure out, okay, am I, okay, it fits, but it doesn't suit me. So I'm not going to spend another eight hours cutting good fabric and making it. This method gives us as a sewer the opportunity to try a design if we haven't tried it before and see if it's really going to work for us. Yeah, I found that I am much more curious about different designs now that I am more confident that that design could fit me. And I'm a little bolder in the things that I'll try because I have a little more faith that, well, let's let's try it. Let's see. It's not going to be this, you know, emotional roller coaster or this demoralizing experience to fit it. If I can get it to fit me, then let's just, let's try it and see. So I've been enjoying that approach. Oh, good. Have any comments or issues come up that you've now shared with Ruth? 
Nothing that I think Ruth wasn't already kind of aware of. I think, like I said before, I don't think there are any particular issues with the method. I think some amount of experimentation and just trying things is part of the process of fitting, no matter what method you choose. But one of the things that has come up that I've talked to Ruth about is the topic of how to support and maintain the discussion and the community around this method. Right now, most of the discourse and most of the new information is all on Instagram because it's anyone who follows Ruth Collins and who follows the Top Down Center Out. Hashtag, that's where the community is. And it makes sense. I think Instagram makes a lot of sense as sort of the main platform for the community. But, you know, not everyone who sews is on is on Instagram. Yeah. And for better or worse, Instagram is a constantly changing platform. So who knows what the future will hold for that app. So, you know, I think one of the questions for all of us is what's the best way to have conversations, to share information, and to build a community of people who are supporting each other in using Top Down Center Out? And I think that will evolve as time goes on. Mm. And I'm excited to see what's in store for us for the future. But that is something that has come up as I've been posting videos and getting comments and talking to Ruth and you know, there's, I think, a lot of momentum behind this fitting method now. And there's a lot of discourse that we're having in different places. And it'll be interesting to see what happens next. In the Sober 50 community, it was Tamasa and Janine who started to use the top-down center-out method and share that within the community. And the feedback that they got was really positive. So I know that in the Sober 50 community, that discussion has already started and I think it's continuing. So hopefully in other communities, they can find their space using this method and just giving it a try and just experimenting, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. So Stacey, for people who haven't had a look at your videos at The Crooked Ham on YouTube, what you've got so far and what's coming up? Well, so far I've got 10 videos and the goal of those videos is really to present the basics of the top-down center-out method. So from start to finish, how do you use it? What are the concepts and philosophies behind it? And um, a couple of variations that you could try depending on uh, what kind of patterns you're using. In the future, I'm thinking about the best way to move forward. But I think what I'd like to do for my next series is focus more on um, how I apply Top Down Center Out to the different projects that I'm working on. So it'll be more of a deep dive into, you know, I have this particular pattern, it's got these design elements, and this is how I think about Top Down Center Out when I'm thinking about a pattern like this. These are the choices that I made, and mm. this is the way I thought about it. And not that everyone needs to make the same choices no. as I do, but as an example, how one person applies the method to a particular design. I know I've I've gotten a lot of requests to cover how to use Top Down Center Out with jeans that have a yoke, for example, or with pants that have no side seam or with jumpsuits. There's so many different design variations and design elements that um, I think Top Down Center Out 
can be adapted for. So I'm really excited to dive into some of those projects myself because I personally just, I need more pants and trousers in my wardrobe, but I also am excited to take the audience along with me for that journey. The fact that you did a particular video on the elastic waistband, was that because you were asked? Yeah. How did that come about? Yeah, I have seen that as a very common question that once someone understands the basics of the method, that's a a natural next step. I think when we are talking about the foundation of the method or understanding how to use it, generally we're talking about a pattern that has a straight waistband and it's a relaxed fit and sort of a classic trouser pattern. But these days, I don't know if I can speak for anyone else, but I'm mostly making elastic waist pants patterns and I know I'm not alone. So that's a, a popular question. So I wanted to have a specific video that addressed that design variation so that anyone who wanted to get started and was thinking about using an elastic waist pattern could dive right in. Before we finish, what advice would you give someone who hasn't started their journey to try the top-down center-out method? I think my advice would be to study the method carefully. And for the first pattern that you choose, pick something that you're excited about and that you really want to make, and then work within the workflow of the method. I think a lot of people who are new to the method maybe don't trust it yet, which is understandable. It's very different from what we're used to. I see a lot of times there's a temptation to combine this method with other types of adjustments straight away. And I was tempted to do this too. So I certainly understand the temptation, but I think the method can work truly on its own. And so I think for the first time around, I would recommend anyone stick to the guidance from the method and really take your time. Experiment with the fit once you have your one-legged twall. For me, I had to fit over a couple of different sessions the first time I used it and really try things, you know, be curious. Don't be afraid to pin your toile with more ease than you think and see how that works for you. Um, Because it's that experimentation that I think really, for me, led to unlocking some of the mysteries of the particular design that I chose. So don't be afraid to experiment And, you know, the last piece of advice I would say is fitting is a skill like any other skill. And it takes time and it takes practice and it takes patience sometimes. So I I always need to remind myself when I'm fitting that I'm practicing a skill and that I should be patient and kind with myself. So that'd be my advice to anyone else too. Stacey, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to talk about the videos that you've developed for Top Down Center Out Method. But more importantly, thank you for being on the podcast because I know you're a busy person and this has been a really invaluable session that I know listeners are going to enjoy listening to again and again. Thank you so much, Maria. It's been such a pleasure to be on the podcast. I'm I'm so excited that you invited me and just thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Stacey. And as I said, so honored to have met you. So thank you. Same here, same here. This episode of Pulse Over 50 podcast on Solganized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Stacey, soundbybensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, 
make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sew Over 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next Sew 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sew Over 50 Live events will always be available on the Sew Over 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Goodnight Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sew Over 50 Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.